Today, for our message, we had planned, actually, today is Neighbour Day, which is a national initiative and an encouragement for us to spend some time connecting with our neighbours, something that Relationships Australia initiated and which has always been a really significant day, the last Sunday of March. But obviously, it looks like a very different Neighbour Day this year because of what's going on around us. And for us as a church, we have been doing a series called Love Your Neighbour leading up to Neighbour Day, where we wanted to take the opportunity to then do some things with our neighbours, which obviously we're not able to. And today, we were planning to share a bunch of those stories to talk about what people were going to be doing today, to talk about how we were going to be connecting with our neighbours and maybe some of the stories that have happened over the last few weeks. But obviously, unfortunately, we're not able to do that. But it does give us an opportunity instead to be able to talk about how we're doing and to be able to talk about some reflections on what's happening around us and uh, the ways in which people are feeling and how we can be responding to what's happening. So I want to begin our message by asking you to share with the people that you're with how you think your neighbours are doing. In particular, what you think your neighbours are feeling. So take a moment to share a word or a phrase and you can do that either with the people that you're sitting with or if you're watching this by yourself, we'd encourage you to type a word or a phrase into the chat uh, so that we can share that together. But just take a moment and think about how are your neighbours feeling? What words or phrases would you use to articulate that at the moment? As I spent some time thinking about that throughout this week, there was a couple of things that really jumped out for me. The first was that I feel like a lot of people are probably feeling fear and anxiety. When we talk to people around us, there's a lot of that that's floating around and it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of things that we're feeling concerned about and that we're feeling scared about as we think about where things are at. The lack of security that people have got. As we prayed earlier, we know there are probably millions of people who've lost their jobs this week or at least have had their hours cut back. And we know there's a good chance that that's not going to be the end of it, that others' jobs are still at risk. And so that's a huge loss of security that people have got. We know that there are lots of people who have lost financial security, that their investments have all tanked and so now they don't have the money that they would have had and especially for people who are in retirement. That's a really significant loss of security for them. There's a huge loss of stability, just even in terms of knowing what we're supposed to be doing and what we're not allowed to do and some of the normal ways that we spend life, we're not able to do those things. And so that causes a significant amount of fear and anxiety as well. For people who are vulnerable, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. Fear about what if I get the virus, I'm already someone who's at risk and so that's really significant. Maybe someone who's already got some pre-existing conditions and so they know that the virus could be really, really serious for them. People who are vulnerable and isolated and on their own have a huge sense of fear about how they're supposed to keep functioning during this time. Some of us have got older parents or grandparents who are in aged care facilities. And so it's really difficult in terms of trying to connect with them, trying to understand how much they know about what's going on and trying to help them understand why it is that we can't spend as much time with them. All of that creates more fear and anxiety. 
We're particularly thinking of those of you this week who have lost work or who have had your jobs cut back. We know that all of this is not just a theoretical thing that's happening to other people. This is a really significant thing that's affecting you. And I'm sure that you're feeling fear and anxiety in the midst of that too. I want to continue to say that if there's anything that we can be doing to help you and support you during this time, especially to our friends who aren't able to access government benefits, we do want to be there for you. And so please continue to talk with us during this time. But the other thing that I think people have been feeling, and it's been an interesting thing to reflect on throughout this week, is that I think there's a sense where people are actually craving a shutdown. Now, some of that is because of the confusion that we don't know what we are allowed to do and what we're not able to do. But I think there's lots and lots of people who just genuinely want someone to say, let's just shut it all down and we all have to stay home for a season because we actually want that to happen. For a lot of us, our lives have been out of control for a very long time. And we've talked about that before in our services, the pace of life, the franticness of everything that's going on around us. And I think there's an element where some of us are hoping that someone else will press the emergency stop button on the train so that we can just get off and that we can have a time of being able to slow down and being able to stop. I don't know whether you've thought that at any point over the last couple of weeks. I know for me, a couple of times, there's been a little bit of a kind of sense of, in some ways, two weeks in isolation where I can't go out and where I can't do much. That sounds pretty good, actually. I don't know whether you've had that thought at all. I don't think most of us want to do that for weeks and months on end. There's just a part of us that says actually slowing down might be a really, really good thing to do. And so we know that there's something that's not right in our culture where so many of us are actually craving that. We also know that some of the fear and anxiety that people feel is because of the implications of that. That if we do turn everything off and we do have to stop for a while, who am I without the frenzy of activity in my life? Who am I if I'm not someone who can say that I'm really, really busy? And so there's lots for us to process. And so I wonder, this is what I'd like us to reflect on today, whether this season can be an opportunity for us to take stock, to press the reset button, an opportunity for us to slow down and to reevaluate our lives and to think about the habits that we want to be able to form. For the majority of us, we are going to have more time than we've had for a very long time. For the majority of us, the programs that we're involved in have stopped. For a lot of us, we're working from home. Uh, for a lot of us, there is a lot of extra time that we're finding throughout the week. And so what are we going to do with that time? What new habits could we form during this season? There's a default understanding that habits normally take between four and six weeks to become normal in our lives. That if you want to change a habit, you want to create a new habit, or you want to stop something, it normally takes four to six weeks. It looks like we're going to have longer than four to six weeks. We may even have up to six months. And so what new habits could we create during this time? Part of why I think that's an important question is because for some of us, the default that we may find ourselves getting into the habit of is watching a lot of streaming TV. Netflix, Disney+, YouTube, there's an unlimited amount of content for us to watch. And so it's going to be really easy and really tempting for us to form some new habits where all that we do when we stop working is to turn the TV on and to sit down and just watch endless amounts of TV, night after night, weekend after weekend, and to form some really unhealthy habits in that. And so this is the challenge that I'd like us to throw in, to say what are some healthy habits that we need to make sure that we have in our lives 
And that's thinking about simple things like how are we making sure that we're still going to bed at a good time, that we're still getting up at a decent hour so that we're getting the sleep that we need. How are we making sure that we're eating the right food? It's tempting to just order food in and try and get by that way. But being able to say, how do we make sure we look after ourselves? How do we still get exercise? At the moment, we're able to still go out and go for a walk. And so we should make the most of that while that's still an opportunity. Because if we do go into further shutdown, it may be that we won't even be able to do that. And so how are we gonna do exercise in our homes or in our backyards, but forming some of those habits even in these early days? But more than that, I wonder about some of the habits that we can create in terms of the way that we eat together. For a lot of us who are in families, meals can be a bit kind of grab and go or a little bit let's eat them on the way. Does this give us an opportunity to press the reset button on that and to be able to say, we're actually gonna sit down and eat some meals together. Far from having the TV on all the time, we're actually gonna turn that off and we're gonna prepare meals together as a family, even if it's just two or three times a week. We're gonna sit down and we're gonna be able to eat together. We're gonna to slow down and enjoy our food together. There's nothing to rush off to, so let's just savour the food that we're eating. Is it an opportunity for us to have some really good conversations around the dinner table? More than ever before, it's so important for us to be talking about what's going on, talking about how we're feeling about those things, and so the meal table is a great opportunity to do that. For those of us who live alone, what does it look like for us to think about creatively how we can eat a meal with someone else? So prepare our meal and then give someone else a call and say, hey, do you wanna have dinner together and sit down and have a conversation while we're eating our meal together? That might be something that we wanna think about. Encourage us to think about the idea potentially of having one night a week where we go technology free. Again, one of our defaults is gonna be lots of technology, lots of streaming TV, lots of device time. Maybe we need to make a choice to say each week we're gonna switch all of it off and we're gonna spend some time doing something else. We're gonna spend some time playing cards, we're gonna spend some time playing board games, doing an activity together. Something that gets us interacting and gets us off of our, our screens. For families, how can this be an opportunity to reset around the different things that we do together that are a part of doing life together? It's important for us to be helping each other out during this time. And so for spouses, how are we sharing the load during this time? How are we making sure that we're helping each other out, that all of the extra work that comes into what's a reality right now doesn't fall on one person? I did speak to someone this week who was saying, I don't actually think that I am gonna have more time. I think I'm gonna have less time because yes, all the programs have shut down, but the programs were given. I could take my kids to those things and they spent the time doing that. Now I'm the one who's got to come up with those ideas. We've got to fill that time up and so I need to be the one who's thinking about all of that. So how can we be sharing the load as families around that? And kids, I want to challenge you particularly, we're glad that you're watching this with us. We know you've got some God's Gang stuff that you're going to be able to do at some other point. But we hope that you're watching this and that you're listening as well. And I want to encourage you to think about how you can be helping out mum or dad through this time. How can you help with some of the chores and things that need to be done around the house? But how can you also be coming up with ideas about how you can find some things to do as a family uh, and not just be saying, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, which can be very, very tempting to do. For couples, I want to encourage us to think about how we can continue to invest in our relationships. Again, one of the big dangers for us is that we're all just in the same space, especially if we've got kids, and that we don't actually invest in that time. 
a lot of us who are couples make a priority to go out and have coffees together, go out and have meals together, go out and do things together. If we're not able to do some of those things, how do we make sure we're still investing in our relationships during this time? And is that that the kids are gonna have something else to do? Maybe they are gonna watch a movie and we're gonna go and sit outside, out on the back porch or out on the pergola and be able to spend some time connecting and have a coffee together. Are we gonna go for a walk together? Can we create some spaces where we can still have date nights that are gonna be super important, especially if this is a long-term thing? And for all of us, what does it look like for us to connect with the people around us? Can we form some new habits during this time? And we've talked about this through the series that we did, that often we don't have enough time to connect with our neighbours. Where on earth am I supposed to find time to be able to spend time with them? Well, now we've got a lot of extra time. Maybe we can use some of that to be able to engage with our neighbours. Now, it looks very different to what we thought it was going to be, but can we still be reaching out to them? knocking on their door and having a conversation through the door or through an open window, uh, being able to drop notes to each other, being able to do things for each other, especially for those who are isolated. Is there a way that we can go and do their shopping for them and help them out in different ways, look after their front yard for them? Can we sit in our front yards, sitting on our deck chairs and just put them out in the front yard and talk across the street or talk to the people next to us? But how can we continue to engage in those conversations? For our street, we were gonna be having a barbecue this afternoon that we were gonna all connect with and obviously we can't do that. But we've set up a WhatsApp group to be able to say, how can we stay connected that way so that we can share needs and we can check in with each other? So what can we do during this time to be able to form some new habits, to be able to create some things that maybe we've actually been yearning for and craving? Now's a golden opportunity for us to do that. For us as a church, we're wrestling with those same questions to say, what new habits can we form during this season as well? But the good news is that actually the majority of things that we're talking about doing are things we were already planning and already thinking about. In actual fact, this has given us the opportunity to accelerate some of the things that we were probably gonna do later in the year or hoping that we would get to at some point. We now wanna push ourselves into those things and use this as an opportunity to create some new rhythms that we were already hoping were going to happen. And so the first thing is connected to one of our key goals, which is being Jesus-centered. Now we talk about that as a church a lot, that that's who we are. We want to center ourselves on Jesus. And I want to make a very important statement that we have always been Jesus-centered, not Sunday service-centered. And so no, we can't meet together on Sundays. But that doesn't mean we need to be any less Jesus-centered. Instead, this is an opportunity to us invest, for us to invest in our relationships with Jesus and to process what it means for us to be Jesus-centered in our own lives, but also as we're the scattered community that are out doing the things that we do throughout the week. And so what does it look like for us to invest in our relationship with Jesus during this time, to make more time to read scripture? We've had our Mark reading plan through Lent to be able to read that together, but that's something that we're thinking about. Can we provide resources to say, we're all gonna read through the Sermon on the Mount together, or we're all gonna read through the book of Ephesians together, to be able to take some time to be able to be reading the same things and sharing what we're learning through that. What does it look like for us to spend time praying together? And a number of churches are spending time saying, at this time we're all going to pray wherever we are. That's a really great habit that we can form together. But are there key prayer needs that we can be praying about together and investing in that time? 
we had already planned to do a workshop later in the year on Bible reading, so how to get the most out of Bible reading and some new prayer habits that we could maybe form. So rather than just shelving that, we're actually going to bring that forward and look at doing that sometime after Easter as a way of doing an online training to be able to say, here's some ideas and some resources that can help you make the most of your Bible reading and your prayer. It's something that's going to be even more important to us. We want to continue to be people who bring a non-anxious presence. It's one of the key things that we say. If we are Jesus-centered, we want to bring that same sense of peace that Jesus brings into all of the different places that he goes. And so what does it look like for us to be practicing spending time with Jesus and receiving his peace? How can we cultivate some habits during this time that allow us to center on Jesus again? This week, I went for a walk at one point, took our dog for a walk down along Linear Park, and I was just struck by this reality that the River Torrens was still flowing this week. The ducks were still paddling on the torrents. The birds were still singing around us. The sun was still shining. There was still a breeze that was blowing. It's a great reminder that everything is still moving. Everything is still okay. Can we have those moments of peace? Are there special places that you can go to where you can experience that? And again, if we go into further lockdown, can we create those moments of peace or those spaces for peace, whether that's somewhere in the backyard or whether that's even just burning a candle somewhere in our living room or in a bedroom and being able to sit and being able to take some time to allow the peace of God to wash over us so that we can be a non-anxious presence in all of the places that we go. For families, this is a great opportunity for us to invest in our relationship with Jesus together to be able to think about what it looks like to read scripture together, to talk about what we're learning together, to be able to pray together. Again, maybe that's related to eating meals together, but an opportunity for us to really invest in our growth as families. For those who are living alone, I want to encourage you not to try and do this by yourself, but reach out to someone else. Is there someone else who you know lives alone and is a bit more isolated that you could call on a regular basis and say, hey, I've been reading this, I've been praying this, I've been thinking about this and be able to learn together and grow together during this time. We're not a Sunday service-centered church. We're a Jesus-centered church. And so during this time, we want to create some more habits that help us to go even deeper into what it means to be Jesus-centered. We also want to continue to explore what it means to be spiritual family. Now, obviously, that's radically different, again, than what we were expecting that it was going to look like. But our focus this year was going to be on how we can make sure that we are journeying together. How can we create relationships where we can be real and honest and share what it is that we're processing? And so that's something that we want to take more time to be able to invest in. As we talk about spiritual family, we talk about being authentic, about being accepting, encouraging and supportive. And so what does it look like for us to continue to do that? How can we continue to be authentic and real and vulnerable during this time about the things that are going on for us? How can we create space for people to feel like they belong and they're welcomed? How can we be encouraging to the people around us? How can we give courage to the people around us, which is what encouragement means? How can we be supportive, recognize what people's tangible needs are and come alongside of them during this time? I was hit this week by remembering that we spent a number of years living in Canada. And when we moved to Canada, we didn't just give up on our family and say, well, it's too hard to connect. There's time zone differences and we don't have the ability to be able to be in the same room. So we just give up. We utilized the technology that we had to be able to continue to stay in touch with each other. And so it was really great to be able to regularly check in with each other, to be able to share photos of what was going on, to be able to share key moments of what was happening. 
When we move away and we can't physically be in the same space with our extended families, we find ways of staying connected. And that's what we want to try and do as we move through this time together. But we also want to think about what it looks like to be able to be connected in some specific ways. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna do some work to try and say, can we group people into groups of three, four, five, six, where you can be checking in with each other on a regular basis. Each week maybe just create some space to be able to find a way, whether that's using a conference call or being able to use something like Zoom, but being able to say, how can we have a conversation together about how we're doing and about what's going on for us, what we're learning and being able to pray with each other. And so that's something we were thinking about doing later. We're gonna to get to that sooner. If you wanna be a part of that because it's something you're really passionate about, I encourage you to reach out to me because we'd love to have some people who help us to pull all of that together. And then we're also thinking about the people who are more isolated. How do we do the same thing with them and continue to check in with them, especially those who don't have access to technology. And if you're watching this and you're from another church, I wanna encourage you to be thinking about how you can be doing this as a church as well. Maybe you can't gather on a Sunday morning and maybe you can't have an online experience like this, but it's crucial to be able to be connecting with each other, reading scripture together, praying together. So have a think about how you can do that in your context. Lastly, we're passionate as a church about seeing lives change. We believe that God is passionate about the transformation that happens in our lives and in our neighborhoods. And we don't believe that God's just pressed the pause button on that, that he said, oh, well, for the next little while, I'm just gonna kick back and not worry about investing in anyone's life. I don't wanna see anyone's life change in the next little while. We genuinely believe that God has some things that he can do during this season in our lives and in our neighborhoods. And so we wanna look for opportunities to say, how do we continue to serve those around us during this time? How do we bring a sense of comfort and peace to those who desperately need it? How do we bring a message of hope to those who are searching for it? How do we help people to know that they are not alone? How can people's lives be transformed as we head into this season together? I'm honestly full of hope about what this next season can look like. And whether it is weeks, whether it's months, whether it's six months, whether it's longer than that. I genuinely believe that God hasn't given up on us. God hasn't walked away from us. In a couple of weeks, we are going to celebrate Easter together. And Easter is the reminder that God is the God who can bring life out of death. God is the one who can transform the darkest of circumstances into something that is massively amazing and significant. And so what does God wanna do during this time, which a lot of us would say is a little bit dark. And for some of us, we would say is a lot dark. How can God bring transformation out of this. God hasn't given up on us. He's with us. So what new habits can we form? What new things can we put in place so that we come out the other side of this stronger, having grown, having developed and formed some new things that are going to take us forward into whatever the future holds beyond this. So that's what I'd love you to take some time to be able to reflect on. What new habits can I form during this season? And I'm actually gonna give you an opportunity to be able to do that now. So if you're with some other people, I wanna encourage you to just turn to each other. Is there something that sparked for you from what we've talked about in the last few minutes? Something that you would find is really, really helpful. Something that you think, yes, that's something we could do together or something that I feel like I'm being drawn into. If you're watching this by yourself, I encourage you to put something into the chat and we can engage with each other through that. But take a couple of minutes to be able to just think about what habits God might be wanting to bring into your life as we head into this season.
I hope you've taken some time to jot a couple of things down to remind you to keep thinking about this as we head into this week. It's not something we have to solve today, but it's something that I think could be helpful for us as we move forward into the days and weeks ahead. To wrap up our time together today, I want to reread the verses that Tim read to us earlier, because as I think about everything that we've just talked through, and as I think about where God is in the midst of all of this, I still struggle and I have struggled at times this week to know exactly what to pray. I don't know whether you felt that way, just I know that I should be praying during this time, I want to be praying during this time, but what on earth am I supposed to pray for? Listen to these words again that Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That's beautiful. We don't have to know what to pray. We can actually throw ourselves onto God and trust that the Spirit is inside of us and the Spirit knows what we need to pray and sometimes prays with groanings that words don't even express anything. And so during this time, it might be helpful for us to just sit before God with our hands open and to recognize that the Holy Spirit knows what's going on and knows how to communicate that to God. To plead for us in harmony with God's own will, to find those areas where things are synced up with exactly what God is doing during this time. And then Paul writes, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Through all of it, we know that God is at work, that God hasn't given up on us, God hasn't left us. And so those other verses from verse 38 remind us that in the midst of all of this, God's love hasn't left us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Really great words. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As we continue to head into this week, we've got the opportunity to be reminded again of God's amazing, passionate love for all of us. That none of that has changed. That's given to us as a free gift because of the work that Jesus has done. It's still a part of our lives, and so we can tap into that as we head into the days and weeks ahead. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to take an opportunity to be able to sing one more song during our time together. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that you are with us in the midst of everything that's going on, in the midst of everything that's happening. Thank you that you are with us that you are for us, that you have not given up on us. We thank you that even when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit does that on our behalf. We thank you for how amazing that is, that even in those moments where we sit and we barely have groans to be able to express the pain that we're feeling, the fear that we're feeling, the struggles that we're going through, your Holy Spirit knows how to communicate those things to you in a way that just means it completely resonates and you understand how we're feeling. We thank you that you're able to work for good in every situation. Even in the darkest moments, you're able to bring 
light. And so we ask that you would bring your light into our lives during this time. You would help us to be able to find ways of connecting with you and connecting with each other that remind us that you are still with us, that your peace is still available to us and that your love has not changed. And as we stare into what the future holds in this next short and medium term, we pray that you would help us to be able to identify those places in our lives where we can use this as an opportunity to reset, an opportunity to build new habits that we've been wanting to build for a while, an opportunity to let go of some habits that maybe haven't been so healthy for us. And we pray that ultimately we would come out the other side of this stronger and more aligned with who you are and what you want for us. And so we ask that you would continue to lead us and guide us in the days and weeks ahead. In your name we pray. Amen.